everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Blackbird's Edge podcast. Here we have Gary Smith, uh, Kaz Kenny's absent, JP, now call it out sick. Sporting the armor. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Eddie Brand. Hope you're doing better, bud. Yeah, man, feel better, Kaz. We're missing you here. Um, so here we have episode five today. What are we talking about today, Gary? Oh, uh, sick of deer. Sick of deer. That's the thing. More. A little bit more fishing, too. Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about fishing. Can't really give you a fishing report. Yeah, okay. That's I haven't really talked to anybody. That's Kevin's <laughs> job. He's, he's on top of that. So, the main thing we're going to go over today, folks, is um, early season versus late season. So, we, we're, we're coming into week two of rifle season here, and uh, a little bit in between. Not really in the late season quite yet, but we're definitely past the early season. So, so what do you prefer, Gary? You prefer early season or late season? Yeah, I, I've got to get out there. Yeah. You no, know, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to get out there, and then after I get out there, early season, get the crap bit out of me. <laughs> that's that's the main issue where there's mosquitoes. Yeah. 100%. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, thermosels, but I, I have one and I do use it. But I've, I've got a, I've got a couple bug jackets, and they, and they seem really for me to do better. That's right. You've got that. Uh, what's that gear called? Was, was it a hex gear? Don't you have that? Uh, well, I've got the hex gear, but that didn't really stop the bugs. No. Supposed to stop your electronic uh, That's right, yeah. impulse, but it really doesn't help the bugs. I've got a bug tamer, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does a pretty good job. I don't have the pants because I usually I don't get much problem with my legs getting bit and stuff, right. my shoulders and stuff. But it, but it does a real good job. I mean, I get it four or five times a night. That's tolerable. Yeah, that's, that's much more tolerable. But, uh, if you're out in the marsh without a thermosel or some yeah. kind of bug protection, you're going to get heat up. Oh, yeah. Here. When you sun going down you hear that <laughs> sounds like outboard motor in the distance and then you realize it's coming up out of the marsh i had a guy come in the store one time he had these uh mesh gloves on and they weren't really thick but it was just a, that just enough to get a camouflage on there and he came in the store after he'd gotten out of the woods and it looked like he had pimples all over the back of his hand didn't have a thermosel on and and just his entire hand just lit up with a, with a degree of mosquito bites it was unreal have you know pretty rough reaction to them? I just get a little lump and goes away. I can count. I've been here, you know, I've grew up, grew up here, so I can kind of tolerate yeah. them. But but it gets tough. Oh, it does. It, it can get weird. Uh, when they're biting you on the eyelids and stuff, it gets. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's funny. Um, and th- this isn't really related to Dorchester County, but Dad, he he used to hunt out west a lot when I was younger, and he took a trip to Colorado one time, and they forgot the heater, and it's the dead of winter. The, the guide forgot the, the, the pot belly stove to keep, keep the tent warm. And Dad said he woke up one morning, it was so cold, his eyelids were frozen shut. So it's just from, from that's cold. he was in, in one of his mummy sleeping bags, and his, his, when he would breathe out, the air would condense and fall back on his eyelids and frozen shut. <laughs> that's cold there, boy. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. Take oh yeah. your frostbite on your eyelids. No doubt. That's wild. But, um, but yeah, so main difference, there's two real differences between early season and late season as far as away from the actual hunting. One is definitely mosquitoes. Um, the other <laughs> the, the other is definitely the temperature. <laughs> so yeah. when you're out in that marsh, it's a totally different marsh when it's frozen over. You gotta definitely have to make sure you have the right gear on yeah. in, in, the, in the winter time. So, so what do you kind of prefer for, for marsh hunting in, in late season? I, I have insulated boots mm-hmm. and, um, and, and that does pretty good, but I don't know how it is for most people, but the longer I sit, it doesn't matter really what I have on. You, mm-hmm. I, I get cold. It's just just how it is. And my body, not so much. My feet and my hands. My hands aren't put in my pocket, but your feet are tough. And it, I, I bought a, a set of these things called boot suits, and they look like the 
inside of them look like one of those soft pack colors mm -hmm. and you basically slide your boot in them and zip them up and they do a great job and they actually what I do if I'm going to be a long set I actually take my boots off unless I've got hip boots on and it's kind of a harder day but if I've got short boots on I take my boots off as soon as I get in the stand and I, I have a couple of the hand warmers mm -hmm. and it has little pockets and they can just drop one of them in there and man how about that grilled cheese sandwich and <laughs> some tomato soup you're good to go and uh, they really do a good job. My feet don't get cold at all. And then just put my boots on. Well, you know, so when you're walking, your feet yeah, don't get cold. Yeah, so. Get cold anyway. So, so when when you're when you're doing that, are you, you're hunting out just out of a stand, or do you stand a ground blind? Or I like ground blinds, right. and, and I prefer stands. But I've hunted a couple times this year in box blinds, mm -hmm. and uh, I like the I like the surround. Yeah. I've had a few um, ladder stands that you know you get the surrounds for them, but they're kind of noisy. They work yeah. real good. The wind's not blowing; they're great. But when the Winds blowing, they're making so much noise you couldn't hear. Yeah, I heard a cattle coming through more or less, especially the second. They're going to hear you before you hear them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, as far as what you're hunting out of, I definitely prefer a ground blind. Um, it's it's so much more protection. I guess so much more room for error. And when you when you're in the ground blind, you're fully enclosed. You've got just your shooting windows. Um, you can move around a little bit more. So there, there's more room for error. You can take a little heater with you if, if, if you need to when it gets really cold in late season, early January. Um, and it's great for mosquito protection in the early season, too. Yeah. You, you just need your thermosel getting to that, to that ground blind. Once you're in that ground blind, boy, as long as you, you've got a, I mean, you've got a thermosel going, you won't have hardly anybody to have. I hunted early season this year out of the ground blind. I was really surprised how much scent that they controlled. Mm -hmm. I had south wind blowing right in my face and I was set up in the edge of a cornfield and I could hear the deer walking right up. I mean, they were within 10 feet of the back of the blind. And you know, I didn't have the window open there, but right. I just had the one in the front. But I mean, they were very close before they ever veered off. Absolutely. Like I said, the ground blind just, just allows more room for error. Yeah. Um, but you made a good point before we started the show. Um, ground blinds aren't always the best for rifle season. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, during rifle season, it's definitely more advantageous as far as safety-wise as being being up in the tree. Yeah, it's all it's all up. angles. <laughs> not too many shots going up, man. Unless, unless, you you unless you're ricochet or something. Right. But not too many people are going to shoot you up in the tree. On the ground, bullets travel a long way. That's right. Dorchester's fairly flat. Very flat land, unless you're in real thick woods. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, as, as far as uh, other differences between early season, and late season, um, if you're out in the early season, that's definitely you're. The deer are definitely going to be more uh, active as far as uh, getting ready for the pre-rut, during the rut, and everything like that. So um, that's another big difference. Is, is as far as late season going, you, a lot of times the rut's over, so they're hungry. Um, you, you can you can uh, make the tr deer travel more if you've got a real reliable food source. Uh, baiting seems to work better in the late season more than early season. Early oh, season. One of the particular places we hunt we're not allowed to bait until mm -hmm. September 1st. So by the time late season gets here, they're pretty well adjusted to coming to the food. Right, right. And and you get a lot more hinds in late season, but you get those days. You know, you get a nor'easter coming in or something. Mm -hmm. And man, if you can get out there, that's the day to be there. Just before they come You're going to get them on camera if you, <laughs> if you, don't, <laughs> and if right. you don't get a shot if you're not there. Mm -hmm. they, they'll be there on camera. That, that's when the stags like to move. And so speaking of bait, um, where do you think the main difference is between, uh, so like on public land, you're not allowed to bait inside the Blackwater Refuge. Um, so what are the main differences in, in, in hunting styles as far as hunting over bait or not bait? When we hunt over bait, 
you know, I, I find that the deer bed down sometimes as close as, as 20, 25 yards. Really? And, and sometimes actually even closer if it's, wow. there's a better, if you're in the marsh and there's one tree that's 40 feet from your feeder, they're, they're, and it's in the quagmire survival, will get right in there and bed down on that thing. So it's hard to get in on them sometimes. Right. It's when they're, when they're bed like that, but we're, they forage more in, uh, in public land because you can't bait. So they, if they're hungry, they've got to go out and eat. They don't yeah. wait, you know, they don't wait for the corn to fly out of the feeder at four <laughs> o'clock and, and go eat. You know? So they're not beating you to, to, yeah. to your spot. They're eating all day instead of twice a day. So that's going to make them travel a little bit more. So uh, mm-hmm. keep them more active, keep them up. All, all deer travel a little bit more than yeah. they're, they're traveling. Um, as far as, as deer traveling, how far do you think that, so we've seen Sick of deer have been uh, have spread all over Cecil County now. We've, we've yeah. seen our first con- confirmed kill up there in Cecil County. Um, as far as, as down south, I don't think I've seen any past chinkapigs. Uh, I haven't heard of any really. No, uh, it's it's, it's I, I, they remind me a lot of otters. <laughs> you know, you, you see an otter and they're always traveling. You see them in the ditch, but that ditch connects to a, a pond or a body of water somewhere, and right. they travel from one to the other. And, and sick of deer do the same. They don't like. From what I see, they don't like being anywhere where there's not water. Yeah, they definitely, you know, they they definitely rely on that water source. I mean, they traveled, you know, from Taylor's Island up along the shoreline until they got to Blackwater, and then Blackwater on up. And, and we were talking bay. early, you know, Fishing Bay, there's five rivers come out of Fishing Bay. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then they just more, more of the finger out right. off out of the and, fi- and they finger up off of that. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, and the, the, well, just an Anacoke, for instance, goes and, and the chop tank too, the northern ends of them go up into that one. Mm-hmm. And there's they're sick of deer up there. There's been a few killed in Seaford, so there was a I can remember this fellow on the Whitetail site uh, a couple of years ago and he had a four pointer. I think he'd had him like three years in Millsboro <laughs> in his backyard. <laughs> and he, he didn't shoot him, he just wanted to see what would have you know what would happen with him. But he was there for like three years every year. Wow. He had a picture of this stag back there. How about that? So so we're still in the middle of, of gun season in Dorchester County you're allowed uh, on not in Blackwater, but in, on the rest of the land, you're allowed rifles. We are mm-hmm. one of the few rifle counties left in Maryland. Uh, what's, what's some of your favorite calibers for sick deer? I have a 270, mm-hmm. which I, what I, and, and I prefer it. I, I just acquired a 22250 mm-hmm. this year, something that I've always wanted. And uh, it's a long story, but anyway, I've got one. And I haven't, I haven't even sighted it in yet, but I definitely next year want to try that. Yeah, yeah, but you haven't shot it yet. I haven't, I haven't even shot it. Oh, wow. What kind did you get? Uh, it's a Remington. Remington. Um, it's an older one, but it's it's a really good gun, and I know it's really accurate from the fellow that I got it from. So I shoot thirty all six. It's, it's a little bit larger second deer, but it, it, it's it's a great all-purpose caliber for this area. You, you don't have too many long shots where you need a, a real flat shooter or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, thirty thirty's probably killed the most deer of anything in this county. Yeah, and you know, and one thing with, with the thirty thirty and two seventy. Bullets are easy to obtain. That's you right. know, some of these studs are creed boards and stuff. It, it's difficult to get bullets. Or and if you're or really into and, and guns are more expensive. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter. It's it's just like broadheads when you're hunting. It's, right. It's, there's a hundred different kinds and, <laughs> and different manufacturers. And so all what you want. <laughs> how much it. money you want to spend. That's right. You know, I've, I've got a gun that's a good gun. It's not a you know, it hadn't been sent away and tuned up, but it but it shoots really good, and I put my money in a scope. Mm-hmm. That, that's I think that's the key more than anything else, yeah. and the, more, than, more than caliber. Doesn't do you good to have a gun that'll shoot 300 yards when you got a scope that'll only see 150. This man told me one time. He said that 
that's the difference between a real hunter and, and, a, and a, a weekend hunter. Is, is you get a thousand dollar rifle with a hundred dollar scope, or a hundred dollar rifle with a thousand dollar scope. So, I mean, the scope scope matters as much or more than the gun bottom yeah. line. So, uh, but more more than caliber, probably the, uh, the scope makes a big difference, especially in this area in, in the marsh where. where it can sometimes get dark quicker than other places. Well, yeah, you get like a, a 50 millimeter lens and lets a lot of light in, and, and that's that's crucial at sundown. Well, or, or that 30 millimeter tube. 30 millimeter is a more expensive upgrade than that 50 millimeter lens yeah. is, but but it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. It's, that 30 millimeter tube lets in so much more light than people realize. Yeah. But the rings, rings and stuff are so much more expensive that it's, it's much more expensive to get into that 30 millimeter side of things. Um, so we were talking about ground blinds earlier, and, and we said that during rifle season it's probably better to be in a tree stand than it is with a ground blind. So, um, but you were saying that that don't get don't let your uh, tree stand get too high off the ground. Yeah, when um, secondary from from what I can tell, and, and I've had several people tell me this as well, they're not like a whitetail. You, if you're up in a in a stand and you watch a whitetail coming through the woods, he's just meandering along and. And he's looking in front of him and left and right and all, but they don't look up much unless they hear a noise. Sickadier, on the other hand, are in walking around in Pragmatis, which is 10 feet tall. <laughs> They're always I mean, up. you know, he's, he's not doing look at, looking at anything but a bunch of spaghetti sticks in front of him. That's right. So, but if you, if you, when you're out in the marsh, if you look every sizable pine tree that you come to has nothing around it. And there's a trail coming to it, mm -hmm. and they go from one to the other to the other. So they're looking up all the time. And if you're sitting out there and he's coming to you at an angle, mm -hmm. if you're if you're against the back of the tree and there's a little bit of cover, that's good. But if you're setting up a tree and there's nothing else up there but you, your silhouette just sticking out there, and they'll mm -hmm. pick you out. So sometimes it's better to be just 10, 15 feet off. The I have some friends, and they they've told me many times they don't they don't hunt over 12, 15 feet in the area the most. And it's it's, it's fun. It, that's that's one of the main differences between hunting sick and whitetail, I think, is, is, is the height of your tree stand. Yeah. You, you really don't want to get to that. It's, that's a big thing a lot of people haven't learned yet. Now, if you're in the woods and, and you, you've got a place that's a little different, you've mm -hmm. got more cover, right. but when you're in the marsh, it's you're the only thing out there. It's pine trees and frag, yeah. and that's it. There's not much cover, and those pine trees, the, the only leaves on them are up top. Right. <laughs> and those pine trees, they get over 50, 60 feet tall. And it's just you on, on that tree, and he's going to pick you out quick because he's yeah. always looking up. So that, that's a really good tip. But other than that, I still prefer ground blinds. That's and that's one more one less thing you have to worry about. Yeah. It's a, especially if, you, if you're outside of rifle season, like, like we said earlier, you, you get in a good ground blind and, and cover it well and, and camouflage it well, you can't beat it. Yeah. And pop ups are great. I mean, you can oh, yeah. you can go to a place and pop the thing up. Just save the wind up blow the water. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another thing. Uh, what do you think the difference is between Sycadere as far as, as in the marshes of Dorchester County and then when you get further up uh, out into the more of the farm, farmer la uh, farmlands is, uh, that, that have spread out from here? What, what do you think the main difference is there? It's just what they eat. Yeah. You know, they're, they're out in the marsh. Size-wise, they're probably not going to develop as big right. because they don't have the grain to feed. I, I've always said for the last few years that the northern part of the county. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at some of the white tails up around Rosedale. That's some of the oh, biggest white tails in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Come from right up in that area. It's nothing but but uh, water and swamp and ten oaks everywhere. So there's plenty for them to eat. Oh yeah. And I've I've always said when the sickas come start getting up that way, 
That's probably where the state record's going to come from. Well, the state record now is whatever Montgomery County, I think it is, and that was a. And it was funny about that deer. It was it was very late in color, not nearly as, as dark as they are here in March. Right. And uh, and you find that when they're up in the north part of the county or over in Wacomico or up um, in Talbot County in, in that area or, or even up in Seaford. The further they get away from this marsh, the, the lighter that, that color seems to be. I'm not, I'm not sure if the diet has more to do with that or if it's, it's the actual the diet the marsh from, from the mud in the marsh. I kind of wonder if we had like flower, you dip a flower in food color to absorb it. They call that marsh mud oil. Marsh butter all the time and it darkens them up. But it's funny. I mean, they, they are. It's, it's almost a different animal once you get outside of those marsh. Yeah. But but they are they're still fun to hunt. That's for sure. Oh, they're blessed. Um, so we we were talking about this earlier. We we were uh, I can't remember where we saw this. Um, if it was on snakehead lakes or not. But they were they were talking about the uh, biggest snakehead caught on fly fishing earlier uh, this week. It was uh, fourteen pounds and two ounces. Did you get a chance to see that? Yeah, I did. It, it wasn't in the United States, though, was it? So no, it was, it was, uh, I forget what it was. Still world record. Kind of. Yeah, they, it's put, they still haven't confirmed it yet, but that's, they're saying that's the largest they saw. It wasn't in northern. I don't know what kind um, of snake it was. It looked pretty, I always thought it was catfish when I first saw it. <laughs> just kind of all one color gray, like, but it had a snakehead body. Right, yeah, it was definitely snakehead, but it, it, I don't think it was a northern snakehead. We'll have to look on that and confirm it. Um, but as far as, uh, the differences in sick deer. Uh, what are some other differences you've seen in them? Um, Size-wise, yeah, yeah, no, I, they just get bigger. The, the, you know, they're different than than humans. Mm -hmm. You know, the better your diet is, the the bigger. You look at look at people 100 years ago versus now. Right. You know, diet's a lot better. Vitamins are better, and, and so forth. Right. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. It's probably you need to talk to a biologist to really get some get some idea of, of just. I wonder if they travel more outside of the marsh. Out, outside of the marsh. Yeah, that's right. That's a good question. Um, well, they're definitely traveling along the rivers, like we said earlier. Yeah. But when, when they when, once they reached Fishing Bay after they left James Island, they they spread from there. They went up, up and they went uh, south into uh, into in Pocomoke a little bit too, and and they they've spread from there. But but it's always along those rivers, so. Yeah. I'm not sure how far how far they will travel, but it's 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 definitely going to be along those river lines. Yeah, and it's it's funny when they came off of James Island. Mm -hmm. James Island was real close. I mean, you could walk on on low tide. You could walk from Taylor's Island to James Island, but it wasn't that far to Ragged Point either. But Ragged Point was was where all the water from the bay came in. It was the roughest place in the bay back in those days, and they didn't go that way. And they, they've made it now. In, in the neck district area, but it's taken them all these years to get there. And, you know, they spread as far as they spread from just going the opposite direction. Right. So, that, you know, it's a path of least resistance. Right. It was a lot easier to go to Taylor's Island than it was to go the other way. That's exactly right. And then, and that's, that's, that's always a big part is the path of least resistance is, is how they're going to travel in the future as well. So, and, and the rivers make it, once those rivers have cut the path for them, they just got to follow the river. So, um, what are some other tips you can give hunters as far as sick deer? I just, just being quiet. Yeah. And they, they, they spook more to me than what whitetail tail style. So? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Especially, a lot of whitetail hunting, you can get into your spots pretty easy. Right. You know, I particularly, I went Saturday, went, went all day and, and stayed in my stand because I'm back in the marsh and it's hard to, 
to get to my spot without making any noise. So I went in early. I was in the stand at 4.30 just because it gives them a couple hours to settle down. And still, you know, it just happened not to be my day. I didn't see much move, didn't hear a lot of shooting. Right. And, uh, but the slightest little noise, especially when you walk in, and one thing I do when I walk in, I just don't walk in. Mm -hmm. I'll take three or four steps and I'll stop. I'll take three or four steps and I'll stop. And if you listen to the sick of deer when he's coming along, that's what they do. They don't just come marching in. They don't rut sometimes. They'll come running right. across the marsh. But when they're walking, it's three or four steps and, and they stop. And, and if you watch them, if you're lucky enough to be able to see them do that, they'll turn their heads and listen. You see their ears twitching and, and the whole bit. And then they'll take a couple more steps and do the same thing. They're listening all the yeah, time. Smart little creature. Yeah. And it's funny for not having any more predators. Right. pretty much than man and I, I wonder now if the coyotes haven't really put them on more alert than uh, they're, they're definitely the coyotes have, have definitely spread in this area yeah more than people realize they didn't have that 20 years ago and right. they might have been a, a little less spooky but now they're, they're pretty spooky they don't like any any noise at all white yeah. tails to me tolerate a little bit more i've even dropped things out of the stand before moving to get ready to get a shot and it hit the ground and, and white tails will look up and they might take a, a trot but they'll come right back yeah, that's a good point so um i'm not sure what that, else that movement you know yeah. movement, movement's a big part of uh, hunting period well yeah that's that's yeah that, that's always a big part of it like i said and that's that, that's those ground blinds they really give you uh much more room for error as far as movement as well it, it's um they 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 provide much more protection from from the elements, from from your scent, as far as scent control, um, your movement, much more uh, in the late season, provides much more uh, a barrier for the heat, just keeps your heat intact in better. Uh, um, the really only disadvantage I see to a ground blind, like you said, is during rifle season. It's 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 almost uh, your one stop shop outside of rifle season. I mean, if you've got a place that you're you're comfortable with rifle season, you know most rifles are you never know for mm -hmm. sure. But I wouldn't recommend public land. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, public land. You, you definitely be up off your even yeah. outside of rifles. Even I think yeah, you'll up, be up, up off your insurance policy before you get it. <laughs> 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 Eddie Rye, either one would be glad to be your best friend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, kind of a short episode this week. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of. I'd, I'd like to see um, some some of the listeners or, or watchers. I guess to. Uh, Send in. Let's see what, what they're what yeah. they're killing at. Well, it, I, from from what I'm hearing uh, as far in the store, uh, it hadn't been much going on as far as hunters this week. Um, the weather wasn't the greatest, uh, and the deer really aren't haven't moved as far as this week has gone. But uh, I think the weather's supposed to turn around this coming week, and it might be better better week to hunt. And, as, and the holidays always have some something to do with that too. Yeah, I saw I saw a few uh, guy Edgar. He, he shot kind of unusual. Had a real pretty rack yeah, on one side. It was, side was a kind of was a twisted up a little beautiful bit. rack on one side and and just a mangled old old twisted piece on the other side. That was a neat, neat thing to see. But yeah, my buddy Joey Dobbins, he got a five pointer. Would have been a six, but mm -hmm. had a point broke off. Mm -hmm. That was nice. That was like two o'clock on Monday. Two o'clock in the afternoon. afternoon. It, I tell you, it's funny. Um, it, you're you're seeing more of them. Uh, killing it at odd times now yeah. than, than than it has been in the past. It's 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 more more people should should look into the all day hunting instead of uh, coming out and getting lunch and things like that. But take that kind of stuff with you and and really really enjoy hunting 
all day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more and more killed around lunchtime all the time now. And I did it most of the time. When I hunt all day, I'll tell you all kinds of stuff. I hunted all day Monday, and particular place I was hunting, I can't. When I go in, I can't come out. I yeah. have to go in early and I have to wait because there's some other hunters that, that hunt the property close to it, and I don't want to disturb them. So, but uh, I don't even kill a squirrel. <laughs> it's not good. We, I mean, and it's funny these deer. They 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 almost know when when rifle season here. They they shut right down the first week, but I think the second week we had much much better. Uh, environment to kill a deer in. Um, but you were telling a funny story about Joey the other day. Um, Joe Dobbins. <laughs> oh, with, with my crossbow? No, no, when he, when he got to the stand. And, oh, yeah, Joe, Joe uh, went, uh, well, it was Monday, and he, he had a stand in Blackwater and went back there and shot up and lo and behold, he looks and there's, there's a guy that he figured 65 yards from him. <laughs> and, and they talked after, after they shot the deer, they talked and the guy said that he hunted there, and Joe said, well, I've had a stand here for four years, and I put it up every year, and the guy had never seen it. <laughs> said he never saw a stand for it. It's 65 yards on it. So look around that's in it. the woods. You know, a lot of stuff you see sometimes, right, you're amazing what's, what's hanging off of a tree when you're walking through the woods that you don't, you don't see. That's it. And that's part of public land hunting is, yeah. is sometimes you're going to walk into some unexpected stuff. I always, I always say when you, when you go in the woods and it's dark or even coming out, look at all those bright eyes. <laughs> Somebody's been through there. Oh, Man, yeah. it's the woods sometimes pepper with them. You wish they came in like forty different colors, so you can tell who's who. But sometimes you can you can you can mark a trail when you go, but you don't see the other ones there. And when you go in, you get confused. Yeah, because there's so many there's so many things. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like that in the woods. Not you know that's just one thing you notice because they're reflective. Right. But birds and squirrels and whatever up in the trees. Oh yeah, that, I mean, that, that's that's part of the beauty of deer hunting. It's it's, it's you're able to experience the, the fullest nature has to give to you. Yeah. So, but it, you really got to stop and pay attention to it. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's one of the biggest differences between deer hunting and probably waterfowl hunting is, is when, when you're deer hunting, especially sick of deer in the marsh, you're maybe not so much in black water, but, but you're, it's more of a solo, a solo adventure. You're, you're by yourself, you're, you're experiencing all, all of nature has just, just for you. Or when you're waterfowl hunting, it, it seems to be a group of people. You're always intertwined together with, with two, three, four other people. And, and I mean, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I mean, they're both both a lot of fun. Right, and you but, can talk. Right, I mean, you know, it's, it's deer a hunting. There's two of you. You're texting. Right, exactly. <laughs> Back and forth because you're a couple hundred yards minimum away from each other. Waterfowl is definitely more of a social social uh, hunt than, than deer hunting is. Yeah. But, but I think I still prefer deer hunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm That's just me. But. Um, I know it was kind of a short show this week, but uh, uh, with Kaz out, he he kind of took up our, our fishing report with him. <laughs> so we'll, as soon as Kaz is feeling better, we'll have him back here for you guys. But um, yeah, give him a shout out. Oh yeah, let, let, he's been let, under the weather all week. Let Kaz know you've been taking him. He, he he's been sick all week from from what I, everybody else has been saying. I haven't I've hardly talked to him because he's been sick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just reach out to Kaz, let him know you're thinking about him. Uh, let him know to get better, and and we'll see everybody next week. Thanks, folks. Thanks, guys.